What's up, you beauties? Welcome to HW 3.39. I'm Jim, and I'm joined by a very, very special guest, Mr. Zach Kindrichuk of the My Dad Used to Play Hockey podcast. Real quick, before we get to Zach, let me just tell you guys, if you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Spreaker. Oh, man, hang on a second. Am I on in the background here? Can you Can you hear me? No, I can hear you, but I hear the feedback too. This has happened to me before. Yeah, let me figure out where that's coming from before we get back to the episode here. So <laughs> technical difficulties, just as I planned. Everything is going just as I planned. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, quick shout out to our affiliate sites, fullpresscoverage.com, bellyupsports.com. Now let's get to our guest, Mr. Zach Kindred, Chuck. Thanks for uh, coming on. Thanks for joining the show. Been looking forward to having you on. How's it going, dude? Great. My pleasure for coming on. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 great to talk about the show. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so I know I was telling you before we got started, uh, I, I couldn't contain my excitement. You guys do a great job over there, man. Awesome show. Uh, admittedly, I don't listen to as many podcasts as I probably should, but yours, I just found it so, so easy to listen to. Uh, very, you have a very calming presence and, and you have great guests. What I love most is you just kind of let the guest talk. And, and the, what I noticed is the guests kind of gradually, I mean, I know, you know, these guys on a personal level, but they, they kind of become more comfortable throughout the show. And, and I really, I really enjoy that. You do a great job. Thanks. You know, some of the guests I do know on a personal level, um, but some I don't. Obviously, you know, my dad used to play hockey is the name of the show because my dad used to play hockey. So there's there's some people that I'm immediately comfortable with. Uh, Dave Schultz, who started off the show. I've known him since forever. Yeah. Uh, but even he surprised me with his how forthcoming he was about things that he was going through and you know the struggles that he had after his career and the struggles that he's feeling currently today. But uh, there's a lot of guests that I don't know other than their, their brief association with my dad. And um there, I think I, I'm really enjoying those because, you, like you said, sometimes I just shut up, and um, I get that the show is—it's not about me. And I'm sorry that I have these sunglasses on. That makes me <laughs> look like a jackass. Are you kidding me? I'm sitting here with a mustache, and you—you you feel bad no. about sunglasses? <laughs> yeah, no, I love the mustache. I just saw them, uh, but yeah, it's—I've been in broadcast media for a long time, and. Uh, just, just letting your guests speak is a great thing. And yes, I want to inject some of my personality into the shows, but the reason that I select the, the players that I do is that I know that they have stories. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is a, a dearth of podcasts out there that just let NHL alumni tell their stories. And, you know, I, I know that the NHL Alumni Association is kind of rebranding itself as, you know, history preserved and to be, to be absolutely, you know, revered, but that wasn't the case for a long time. And a lot of these guys are telling a lot of stories for the first time. And it's been an absolute damn joy to hear them. Uh, honestly. Yeah. Even if it's, if it's the second or third time I've heard some of these stories, I, I can't get enough of old hockey stuff. And you know, what's great about that though, is you may know these stories, but you know, the listener hasn't heard these stories exactly. yet. So, and so you, you do a good job of kind of, you know, not that you have to suss these kind of things out, but you know, you know where you want the story to go, and I, at least I think, and, and you kind of get it there. You know, it's you ask the questions that I'm hoping that you ask, and I and I think that's what makes it so enjoyable. Like just today, it's captain. I think it's captain's week for you this week, or was that last week? Captain's week is this week. Yeah. Okay. So and Clarky yeah, yesterday, Clarky two days ago, uh, Lindros today, and then Pool Dave Poolin, um, who was the captain that was you know my captain growing up uh he was the first player flyer that i remember having to see on his on his uniform he'll be out um and all really great conversations but man it, i know i know that the the prestige names are clark and lindros but i'd say uh i've done a, i've done almost a you know dozen and a half of these now really listen to the pool in one man was that i think a just an absolute fantastic conversation and i didn't expect that expect it to go the way that it did but some of the things that he revealed about um you know that those mid-80s flyers where there's a, there's a couple great errors of the flyers there's obviously the broad street bullies but those 
those, you know, 84 to 88 flyers were on the cusp of almost being something, you know, that, that players would talk about for decades after. And then, then of course there's the Lindros era and the 2010 flyers, but man, did Poulin blow me away with his perspective on anything. I, I, I think after that conversation, I had been as satisfied as any of the episodes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And I mean that honestly, um, yeah, I love that you kind of add your own flair, and and I'm not just pumping your tires here, even though you know I'm trying, I'm not trying to butter you up or anything. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Um, yeah, I, the Lindros episode, I feel like it couldn't have gone any better. And, and you know, I, I the listener, I don't know if you have a relationship with these guys or not, but it sounds like you guys are best friends, like Bobby Clark. I mean, the the answers that he was giving, um, it didn't sound like he was making anything up. You know, yeah. it sounded like he was being as honest as possible. And, and I was almost surprised at some of his answers, you know, in regards to uh, the Lindros situation or, you know, I had no idea that he had planned on continuing to play hockey and he was offered mm. the GM job. Uh, how, how old did he say he was? Do you, do you remember? Um, I think he was very, he wasn't old though. No, he wasn't. So he mid thirties. Yeah. And it, the, you know, the prior season, he was still very, he had 62, 63 points. Clark and and yeah, a, a productive player, and that that surprised me too. And I had never heard that story before. Um, yeah, I, I've interacted with you know Clarky over the course of my life, but um, it's my dad used to play hockey, so he's the one that has these relationships, and I have just interactions, brief interactions every so often with them. Right, he's growing up as an alumni brat, uh, so now I'm I'm trying to just preserve you know their stories, but I don't know them but I want to get to know them over those, the course of those 45 minutes or an hour that we spend together. And I, the, the, the whole basis of the show is there's one word that encapsulates it. Wholesome. Yeah. Wholesome. Because I, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of podcasts out there and, you know, I don't know if this turns you on or turns you off, but, and they're successful, you know, but there, there's the barstool stuff, the barstool, shows and i get i get that whole i get the ryan whitney spitting chicklets thing and god bless them like for for a hockey podcast to download get as many downloads as they do that's awesome i love that that that, that they can do that um but that's something that doesn't really interest me and um i think that there's there's a lot of there's some podcasts in the philadelphia area that sort of try to emulate that and it's just sort of what are you doing? It's it's gross. It's it it comes off as false and just like fake machismo stuff. And I want to get to know the person who, like I say in my bio, in a in a very schmaltzy way, you know, the person behind the uniform. But I truly do mean that. And I feel like you do. And and I, I think that's what I enjoy about it so much is because I, I don't feel like you like you just said, actually, you're not talking to Eric Lindros, the hockey player. It just sounds yeah. like you're you're talking to a buddy and, you know, you're just talking about stories, you know, uh, I, I really do enjoy your show. So, you know, funny, you brought up your dad. I love yeah. the name of the show. I mean, the, the, the what the show is about. I mean, it's in the name. Um, so it is. And it was actually if I could just tell you the, the genesis yeah, yeah. Of the name of the show. Uh, so I was in this punk band forever ago, like uh, started in like. 2000 called the Toros, which was the name of the cheerleading squad and bring it on. And if you haven't seen bring it on, go watch, bring it on. What are you doing to yourself? It's the best <laughs> movie ever, but it's a cheerleading squad. Uh, so we named our band after that. We were a cheer punk band. And one of the, the first songs that we wrote was my dad used to play hockey. So that's where eventually 20 years later, the name of the podcast came from. Cause uh, I was doing a, I was doing another podcast, but it just kind of came off like you know just broadcast radio with my friend Terry Holloman. But uh, I I was like I need a niche I need something you know uh, uh, I need you know a targeted audience that I feel passionate about and you know the Flyers alumni thing sort of came up because I had Bob Kelly and my dad on uh, the other show over Christmas and I was like that felt really good. Um, but then it was you know the the name was already there the theme song was already there. My dad used to play hockey. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of the whole thing about that. So when, when you hear the song, it, the, the, the first lyric is 25 years ago. Well, that's cause I wrote the song 20 years ago. Wow. It's now like 40 years ago. My daddy. <laughs> so that, that is interesting. Cause that's, that's something I was going to ask you. I noticed that it, I, I mean, at least I thought that it was you that, uh, you know, in the intro and the outro song, 
And I was going to ask if you had any, you know, experience as a musician. So you no, do. I, I, mean, I mean, experience is <laughs> the, the front man for a punk band. I don't know if that ever qualifies you as a mu musician. I can sing in one key. Um, but fortunately, you know, when you're in a punk rock band, one key is enough. Oh, it's pretty good, man. I, yeah, I was, that's me singing. <laughs> it's pretty good. I was telling my <laughs> girlfriend before the show, I'm like, can you believe I think that's him? He's pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. So that was a question I had for you here. But I, I wanted to get into you, Dad. Uh, okay. What's it like growing? I mean, let me ask you this. What's it like to have a dad who grew up or, or you grew up with him playing in the NHL uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers in particular? And when did you know that your dad – wasn't really like other dads. So it goes in stages, right? So the, the, the first time that I knew, I, I wasn't born when he was a bully. Uh, I came around uh, right towards the end of his Pittsburgh career. Um, and then he played for the Capitals for a couple of games. So I don't have any actual like memories of him playing hockey. Okay. But I, I've certainly seen, you know, lots of footage, but one of the first memories that I have of him that I knew that my dad was different was uh, he had a back injury that he had to rehab. Um, and that's why he retired from the game. Oh. I remember one time he dropped his keys and he asked me to get them because um, he couldn't bend over because he had both a back injury and he had a, um, a hip wow. pointer as well. And I was like, dad, why are you hurt? And he said, hockey. I'm like, okay. Uh, so, and then being an alumni kid, and you should have you should have more alumni kids on because it's it's kind of fascinating. I know Kim Perrant and Corey Favela are doing a show, which I, I hope you check out too. Generation sure. X, yeah. Um, it's weird. So I grew up in a very very small town in South Jersey, uh, where my parents bought their house there, uh, and almost immediately after signing with the Flyers. And I knew that my dad had a degree of fame probably around third or fourth grade. Until then, not really. Um, because kids started becoming and pretending to be my friends because they knew I could get them, you know, Rick Tockett's autograph or, you know, you know, at that time, Peter Zezel's autograph. All, right, all, right. And other dads couldn't do that. Other dads could show you their accounting firm or something yeah, like yeah. that. You know, it was, it was kind of a, it was kind of a different thing. And it didn't really bother me at the time. It was like, yeah, you know, if Peter, if you want to be my friend, then. I'll get you this autograph. And then you go through this weird thing, Jim, where you, you sort of have a bit of a resentment. Huh. Um, but it, it's, it's brief, right? And it, it, only, it only comes because it feels like everything your parents do is annoying, <laughs> including, you know, when you're a teenager, it, everything that your parents do isn't like anything that you want to be appreciative of. And um, I definitely went through that phase where I didn't, I was annoyed and didn't care at all about the bullies or anything that had to do with the Philadelphia Flyers uh, from probably like 13 to 16. This was like the, the beginning stages of my, of my punk rock face. And then eventually as you, you know, as you grow, man, I love it more than you can imagine. Yeah. It's, it's the best. Like, to, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's the second best thing to having being been part of the team yourself. Like, the other alumni kids, like we, we don't really necessarily communicate all that much, but there's this all time bond we have yeah. um, to be able to reach out to to guys like Bernie and and uh, and you know Clarky and, and and everything like that, and hear them all feel such a reverence for the the region that is Philadelphia, and you know from Mr. Snyder and everything like that, and to see my dad still get approached. And this the, the last time this happened. I'll admit it's been probably five years since I've been to a Flyers game because I've lived, lived out on the West Coast. But to go to, to go there and 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 see a young fan uh, come up and ask him for an autograph or something is is at this stage in my life just the coolest thing. It's the cool and I, there, there's nothing I love more uh, now than hearing not only my dad's stories but anybody who played not only for the bullies, but anybody who played for any of the past great Flyers teams or any great past teams tell their stories. It's, it's really, it, you come to a, a, eventually really, really appreciate it. And I'm certainly at the very appreciative phase. You're, I mean, your dad's a legend. Like, how does that feel? You know, like people, everywhere you go, it's people awesome. know, who, know who he is. It's awesome. Yeah. It's great. I had, 
It is. We had, we had Frank uh, Bailoas on a couple weeks ago, and you know he was really big with the Phantoms for fighting, and he's still in the area. I think he retired. I want to say he hasn't played a, a game of hockey in like 20 years. And he was talking about how people still come up to him and say, you know, say, hey, what's up, Frank? And and he was a big AHL player. You know, it's like people don't forget. People know who you are forever. You know, if, you, if you're a legend in the 70s, 80s, people know who you are today. You know, people who watched you, watched you back in the 80s, their kids know who you are today. Or yeah. Their grandkids know who you are, you know. It's great. It's yeah. great that that legacy lives on. It, it really it's it's. And I, I think that the Philadelphia region is exceptional in, in preserving its past. I know it is. I know it is because I don't think there's really a team that treasures its alumni quite like the Philadelphia Flyers and the Philadelphia Flyers band, fan base does. And I think that's freaking fantastic. Uh, I that, love it. That's something that I love about uh, the Flyers in particular and that I think growing up kind of set them apart from – other organizations, uh, not just hockey, but, you know, the other Philadelphia sports. Uh, and obviously, you know, I was just drawn to hockey. They were good when I was younger. I grew up watching Lindros, LeClaire, Ramberg. Very lucky, very fortunate, I guess, because, you know, it hasn't been the same for a couple of years now. Um, but, but I think that whole, you know, Mr. Snyder, that, that whole, you know, as you talked about on some of your episodes, the family atmosphere. As a fan, you felt like you were a part of something. You felt like you were a part of you know, that family, even though you're just a fan watching on TV. And I, I for some reason, felt included. Uh, and and I, I was going to save this for a little bit further down in the episode. But, uh, I mean, you tell me, does it feel a little bit different to you today than it did? I mean, obviously, they won a couple cups back then, so it was easier to kind of pull fans in. Um, is there a difference between the way the Flyers are today and the, the way it was, even even in the early 2000s. Yeah, of course there is. Um, and, you know, even go back to the 2000s, it's just an expensive game. And yeah. when, you, when, you, when you have that, and when you have a team that was based on, you know, only one of, one of the recurring themes of the, the guests, the, the Flyers guests, at least they interview us, when they were they were part of a softball team, not just a, it wasn't just a charity softball team where they were playing, you know, quasi celebrities or whatever. It was like they they just played softball as a team in the yeah. in the in the summer after winning the Stanley Cup. Like they were just part of the community. Yeah. Rexy's, which you know is it was just such an integral part. Rexy's to me is is, is like uh, should have a uniform. Like Rexy's is another player, like which was the bar. They yeah. went to and to hear Clarkie talk about, you know, he would get off practice and go have a sandwich and a beer and uh, and and sit at the bar at Rexy's and, and talk to the other guys and, and coming off their shifts as well and, and feeling that sort of camaraderie with them. Yeah, it, it, you can't have that now when you have when you when you have someone who's making four million dollars. Or or what, whatever the salary is, They're, that's such a massive investment that you can't. Uh, it's unfortunate you just can't allow them to be part of the community the way that they used to be able. My dad's first contract was for fourteen thousand dollars. Wow. Clarky, if if you, you listen to the episode, his first yep. contract was for fourteen five, I think. So he made five hundred bucks more than my dad. Well deserved. So you, you know, there's that's that's a minimal risk so you you sort of just you play you you pay them to play on the ice and then whatever they do after and now it's like i mean if you ran into Claude Giroux or you know, i don't want to single him out but he he makes a lot of money it's it's you you can't have that same experience that they had back you know back in the 70s and and into the early 80s before you know it brings up the USFL kind of ruined salaries for everybody right um, so yeah, it is different and it's better in a lot of, it's better for the players, but it's because you are now, you know, last line of my dad used to play hockey song is today. He'd make 1.8 million. That is like, do I wish my dad had been making millions the whole time? Of course I do. But I also, I'm glad that he didn't because he, it, it made him part of community yeah. more than it would have been possible to have done if, if he had been, you know, in that different economic stratosphere. Sure. So it is, it's, it's of course different and it's not just different in hockey. 
but it's different in all sports. But when you, you know, I don't know how much experience you had going to the spectrum. Uh, um, I was younger. I, I went to yeah. a couple spectrum games. So, yeah. Anyone who tells you what the spectrum experience is like, and then comparing it to go seeing a flyers game today, it's just, it's, it's so massively different, hmm. but I, I, you know, I suppose it's inevitable. Um, yeah. You know, what, what are you going to do? It's just, it's just, it, it's not, it doesn't feel like the same, like the players feel completely separated from the fans. And, you know, that's the truth. There's a few remnants of the good old days, but, you know, Lou Nolan is still there. That's great. Yeah. Love um, Lou. Who doesn't love Lou? And, but other than that, like, yeah, it's, it's certainly not as fun. Like, you know, and it, I don't want to sound like a jerk here. I, I get access, of course, but, I, I liked the spectrum because I didn't need my dad to be around to to get near to things. It mm. was just the way that it was, and that was that was really really cool. And everybody harkens back to yesteryear, but um, yeah, it's it's not as fun as, as or is. I'm not gonna say it's not as fun. It's not as intimate, and it never will be again. And you know, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here. I think most people know this, but it's it is different. Yeah, I think more so now than ever i think people are starting to wake up a little bit to that that you know the days you know of of yesteryear as a flyers fan I, I, we can't really expect the team to bring that back i, I feel like as fans we kind of have to provide you know that camaraderie or you know I, i'm not sure if i'm explaining that right but it, it just seems like the team like you said, they're separating the players from everything and, you know, they're come out, coming out with a mascot and Flyers never had a – maybe I mean, they did have a mascot for a brief period of time, didn't they? But, you know, yeah. it, I, I feel like everybody loves Gritty. I'm not saying anything negative about Gritty, but, you know, I, I watch the Flyers because I enjoy watching hockey. I enjoy watching good hockey. I enjoy watching Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier. You, you know what I mean? Like it was just different back then. You watched the team because you loved the team. And today it just feels a little bit disconnected. But It is still disconnected, but I will, I will say this is is doing this podcast. And I'll, I'll admit that I kind of checked out the game for probably four years. Yeah. Um, I just did. Just it. I just I wasn't into it. And I got I kind of got back to, into it a, a couple of years ago. And I'm, I to throw myself back into the Flyers and then seeing Flyers Twitter and oh Flyers. Oh, God, dude. That's a topic on here, too. So perfect. I, I, I know that I love it because it is. I love how, again, no one is more knowledgeable than Flyers fans. Nobody knows their hockey better than Philadelphia. No one ever has. No one ever will. Well, since they came into the league in 67 anyway. And it's just, it is when you can't have a group of friends around you to sit there and snipe at, you know, Patrick or Hayes or whatever, to be able to, to just follow the um, whatever hashtag is, is trending during the game or, or, or whatever it is and feel like you're part of a family again. Yeah. Um, Flyers Twitter rules, man. Flyers <laughs> Twitter is fantastic. I love it. It can I mean, be a lot of fun. I think like it, it, it frustrates me because like it does a little bit because I'm, I, you know, I, I just created my, my Twitter account for the, for the show. And um, a couple of days ago, I just posted a picture of Lindros's rookie card. Uh, Cause I had, I knew I had his episode coming out. It, it's the score one where it said future superstar over it. Yeah. yeah. Which is how I start the internet. So that, that thing gets like 300 likes. And then the next damn day I'm like, well, here's Eric Lindros the guy that you all collected and that one gets like seven likes like Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Trust me. I just, yeah, I don't understand. Like, All right. You like a picture, but you don't actually like hearing from the man. Um, yeah. So, but Twitter's uh, flyers. Twitter's is awesome, dude. I, I get why every, every, I get why it could be frustrating or, or whatever, but um, it has got me just really, keyed in on the game because it's you know it's opened me up i you know not i follow jet twitter uh penguin twitter you know islanders twitter sure. um predators twitter because of crispy and it's just like it's if you can't be there now because ticket prices are 200 bucks for upper level seats it is it's it's not a completely fulfilling replacement but 
it's pretty it it is pretty awesome i know that, that you know there's there's probably people who hate it but i it, it's really it's rekindled my passion for the game without a doubt i love it so i have a couple friends and none of them are really into hockey yeah so I, I, my brother's into it so i get to talk hockey with my brother all the time but you know it, it's 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 almost like a place where i can i can meet new friends i can have uh you know i've found a lot of people that have a lot of uh something in common and yeah. that's the flyers and it's you know one of my favorite things to talk about one of my favorite things to watch so it was it's perfect i mean sometimes sometimes it gets out of control with the, you of know course. flyers go south flyers twitter goes south i mean it just explodes but more times than not i love it i love watching flyers games you know checking my phone like what's this guy saying what's that guy saying totally you know it's 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 fun you're right it's like you're at the game but you're not at the game you know it's camaraderie as well and you, you just have a thousand different opinions oh my is, god yeah, it's, just, it's fun yeah and yeah. i so the so for the last before i before i started doing this i was doing a lot of traditional broadcast talk radio which means a lot of politics so this is i mean this just feels refreshing oh, i can imagine That's, sports opinions are just so much better than political yeah opinions. during uh during all i think like the peak of the election stuff and the pandemic stuff when there was really nothing going on except for political stuff and everyone's going insane i'm sitting here like man i cannot wait to bitch about the flyers again like i can't wait right. like, you know like I, I would rather be so like sad over the flyers and have to go through this for another year. Like, please let this end. Um, I don't um, mean I don't mean to seem like I'm not paying attention. Someone uh, text you know you know sign guy the guy who makes the yeah. signs. So like this is the great thing about the podcast. They sit in front of him and ask me if he wanted to be on the show. There you go. Like that's that's just that's old meets new, and that's kind of the whole. Thing that, the dude, and that's yeah. what's yeah, that's what's so cool about the pod is, and, and you know, you're getting a sign guy on. When I first started out, I I didn't know anybody, had no connections, nothing. Three years later, I'm sitting here talking to Oris Kindred Chuck's kid. You know, like it's pretty pretty awesome. It's really, I you know, I, I, I thank you for that. But <laughs> <laughs> let me let me help you get someone better than me. <laughs> no, know, dude, I, I'm. I wasn't lying to you when I when I said I was looking forward to this. And then after I after listening to some of your episodes, I was even more excited because uh, well, I already told you I'm not going to tell you again, but you do yeah. a great job. So I was like, Thanks. man, this, this is going to be a great show. So it really um, has been. It has been. And you know, the the some of the players that initially I was going to make this an uh, a Flyers alumni podcast succinctly that that was going to be all just uh, nothing but Flyers players and. Um, I realized, oh my gosh, I can't be talking to, you know, Greg Puzlowski <laughs> 40 weeks from now and realizing like he's the last guest. You so, got to run out of players. Yeah, I, gotta, I, need to, I need to branch out a little bit. Which, but um, the, the great thing about that is too, it's like the players that I am, I'm, I'm just grown to hate because of their rivalries versus the Flyers. That's fun. They're fantastic people. Yeah. Like it's just, a, again, reaching, re, re, rejoining the whole wholesome theme. Like I wanted, I wanted to just trash Brian Trottier. I saw you had him on. I Dude was a joy. <laughs> just a joyful person. Grant Fuhrer. Unbelievable. Glenn yeah. Sather. Not that great. Really? But, I uh, haven't listened yeah. to his episodes yet, but All right. I'll make sure. Uh, <laughs> I'll make Sather sure was tough. <laughs> Say there's say because Glenn Sather, if you don't know who Glenn Sather is, I mean he was yeah. um he he built sort of the uh the, the 1980s Oilers team that beat the Flyers a couple times and then um you know uh, had to trade Gretzky and everything. He was the GM and the coach for a while. But he's got a very Tony Soprano vibe to him. Mm. So you know, he comes on and he's like, What do you want to know? Which is <laughs> it's a weird thing for a guest to ask at first. Like, you know? <laughs> well, since you asked. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I was just gonna do a retrospective of the last 30 years of his your career. Yeah. Um, certainly you know why you're interesting, right? So uh yeah, he was he was definitely a challenge, but but still another guy who clearly just loves the game and you know came on my show and was willing to talk to me it was it was it was very very cool but yeah um I've, I've got a few more players coming up that flyers fans are absolutely programmed to hate 
And mm. I think by the end, you'll realize, because this is the weird thing. So even in the most vicious of times between players in the, in the, in the, the bullies versus Bruins versus Sabres era, like, you know, my dad had run-ins with guys like Terry O'Reilly. And um, I mean, if that guy stepped foot outside of the spectrum, you know, he was, he was liable for, he, he, it was likely he might be assaulted. Yeah. But, it, but it would also be like, I would ask my dad to get his cell phone number. So yeah. that's so, because they're friends now. And that's, yeah. it's, that's a weird, it's a weird construct that I don't think a lot of fans understand. Like they hate each other on the ice, but after time become friends off of the ice where I feel like that's fans, great. fans kind of don't forgive, but hopefully when you hear from people like that, um, you start to, I don't appreciate like if you're if your team doesn't have any rivals or your team doesn't have this this huge foe to beat, then what's what's the fun? There's no fun right. in that. Exactly. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah, that's something I always liked about hockey as well is, you know, the players never, you know, they, they kind of they don't like each other, at least on the ice and then off the ice. You know, it's like, hey, like, I know I punched you in the face a couple of times. Are you OK? How you doing? You know, things like that. It's like there's a level of I think. I listened to it during uh, the Keith Jones episode, which yeah. Keith Jones, I absolutely love. Uh, you know, I know you had guys like Lindros and Clark on, but if, if I had a, a top three of people that I would like to interview or talk to on a podcast, Keith Jones is near the top of my list, maybe top three. Um, really? So I ab absolutely love that episode. Yeah, I love Jones. I think he's great on TV. Yeah. Um, I love his positivity. Even, even when he's talking about a player who's not doing well. You know, he, he's he tries to keep things positive and lets you know in a, in a, a nice way that he could be better or, or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoy listening to Jonesy. But, um, yeah, the story that he told, you know, you're you know, you're punching a guy in the face or I think it was uh, I think it was Brad May that had asked him if he wanted to fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That story there. And he was like, yeah, there, there's some it's kind of gentlemanly, you know, like. He said no, but you know this guy will fight. Hey, and, hey that's how it went. Greg Ruby, Greg <laughs> Ruby. Yeah, yeah, that's Ruby how it went. You know? Yeah, yeah. Where well, it, 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 there is, it is weird. It's like this um, old, old school duel thing, almost. Like there's rules to it, because. Uh, but I, I find it interesting going the other way too, because I I, I can't get enough. And uh, Joe Cadillac, who I want to give a, a shout out to here, he's kind of like the. Uh, the Robert Duvall character from the Godfather of the, of the flyers, like this unknown guy that kind of makes everything happen. Uh, but everyone's got a Joe Cadillac story. So he, uh, cause I kept bringing up with, with Schultz and other players that Schultz and my dad were obviously teammates and on the same line. In fact, yeah. Um, this is a, this is a great picture oh, of, the, of the three of them. Um, yeah. I'll send this to you if you want. I got to be, um, for having me on and but so they well, i got you on record now so now you have no to. I, seriously yeah, <laughs> no problem <laughs> um so they played they played on the same line together during the cup years and then um schultz gets traded to the kings and my dad eventually moves on to the penguins and then a few years down the line they fight and it wasn't that's and they fought twice my both both times my dad is a penguin and uh schultz as a king and that's just that's something I, it's so weird for me to wrap my head around because they were fighting, but never stopped being friends and, um, you know, had no out of the ice uh, animosity. There was, you know, no sort of like, well, you owe me 500 bucks or anything like that. And that I think is great. Like, yeah. I think that's, that's really interesting that, Hey, when you're on the ice, you have a job to do. And uh, who did I talk to today? Oh, Kelly, Bob Kelly, Bob Kelly was on this morning. Out, uh, the guy who hired me for my first job ever, um, and he was talking about his second game in the NHL. He squared up against Gordy Howe and was like, oh "I, I wanted to ask him for an autograph." But as soon as the puck drops, you have this job to do. But as soon as the whistle blows, you go back to being humans again. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I that's that's where my podcast comes in. You know. Yeah. I love the stuff that happens during the, the three periods, but all the stuff that happens off the ice too, is, is just as equally interesting to me, especially this, you know, the, to hear the transitions. Um, Cause now if you retire and, you know, even if you retire a little bit earlier and you plan to, 
you got a few million in the bank and you kind of can figure out what you're going to do next. Then they, they kind of had to, I remember, you know, my dad retiring, uh, rehabbing himself, getting a one-year offer, but turning it down because it would require too much travel, too much travel. Um, but immediately having to figure out what he had to do next. And I feel like there's a lot of guidance now from the NHL, but back then it was kind of like up yeah. to the player, you know, you, you go from all this adulation to uh, no applause and you yeah. just got to figure out a way to keep the lights on. And yeah, I, I, I find that stuff uh, e equally fascinating as interesting as tell me about, you know, the first time you hoisted the cup. Yeah, that was pretty sick. That was an awesome story. I, I know uh, Bobby Clark told the story. I, what did you ask him? If he could, if he can go back to any one moment in his career, what would it be? And he picked the cup. Of course. Of course Which right? is, it's it's always the answer I expect, but it's not always the answer I get. Yeah. So the, the what I'm trying to do with the last question is when you when you close your eyes, and one one moment flashes, and um, he chose the moment he hoisted the cup, uh, him and Bernie. Yeah, and, I feel like you know, that's got to be an hard to beat answer, that one, man. Yeah, for real. Yep, absolutely. So I, I I've had a couple questions here I want to get to before we get too far away from them. So as a as a younger guy. Uh, did you did you have a favorite player growing up? Yeah, Flyers fans are gonna be happy about this. Oh my god! Yeah, it was Mario. Get out! It was yeah. hard not to like him, though. Are you kidding me? He was just there was um for, because I hated I hated Gretzky, you know. I I, Gretzky. I, yeah, because he kept beating the Flyers, you know. <laughs> so I did, everybody. and then I also. I, I, so I didn't like Gretzky and then Mario comes along and, um, you know, Gretzky's obviously still the king of the league, but Mario is putting up these kind of numbers that name until Yager, Francis, Cullen, Recky come along and, you know, they just become that dynamo in the early nineties, like name a mid eighties Lemieux teammate. Yeah. But he's still putting up 199, so I ridiculous. points a year, ridiculous stuff. And um, then I remember meeting him. Um, that, was, that was my next question. So yeah, nine or ten, nine or ten years old, uh, and that was surreal. You know, I think I've told this story on, on the podcast. I think I told it to Reggie and Jamie. Jamie Leach. Yeah, Jamie. So Jamie Leach is Reggie's uh, son. They're both on the cup. And, um, but I met Mario before Jamie joined the Penguins. So I, I was in the locker room and I, at eye level with Mario's penis because he's, <laughs> he's just naked. You know, and it's, it was just, just fascinating. Like it was, I'm, 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 you know, four foot eight, yeah. six foot five, this, this monstrous guy, but locker room nudity, it was just the way it was, but I still had a, Ask him for an, an autograph. So that was. Did he towel up or anything? Or he just gave it to you? You know, you know what the weirdest nude <laughs> moment is, you know, not to go in, not to go to like bar stool, you know, <laughs> we can, we territory can. here. But I remember like Kevin Deneen, dude, Kevin Deneen would almost be like, you really just didn't need to get naked as quickly as you did. Like it was. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't wait to take his. You could have waited off. like we had like five <laughs> seconds left of conversation, or whatever. But yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, uh, meeting Mario, and then um, when he got the Hodgkins, he was just. When I think of like Gretzky's best moments, um, yeah, I always think there's like six Hall of Famers around him, and I'm not taking, but this this was my mindset at the time. With Lemuse, there were none. Right, no Hall. He was just making it all happen by himself until you know. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, he got that dynamo team. Um, and then that year, and this was the year I was the most passionate about hockey, the year he got Hodgkin's disease and was getting radiation um, and had to miss a significant amount of games. I think he only played 60 that year. Hmm. Uh, so missing 24 because they were doing 84 game seasons. Still won the scoring race by a mile over Pat LaFontaine. I think by like 34 points. And then I the, I think the, the greatest comeback that I've ever seen. And I know that, you know, there's players that have rehabbed themselves and come back. Him with radiation scars on the back of his neck comes Incredible. back and plays the Flyers and scores two goals and records an assist. 
like he had yeah. never missed anything. And yeah, I, I've I've never I've never been a Penguins fan per se, but I've always been a huge huge Mario fan. How can you not admire a guy like that? Not just you know for the hockey reasons, but coming back from what he went through and yeah, and still being the same guy. You know, I, I can't imagine. We saw this year. I mean, Oscar Lindblom in no way is comparable to Mario Lemieux, but you know, he was having a pretty good year last year, and we saw how tough it was for him to come back and yeah. you know be the same player. So to do what Lemieux did, you know, as as a fan, it, you respect it even more because he made it look easy, and it, you know, it's not like it was nothing. And I, I I will point out the Flyers fan base and and single them out. Their support for Oscar Lindblom is oh yeah. Good for you, and congratulations, Oscar. That's just for sure. Yeah, wish him the best. But all the support for him, seeing that on on social media and throughout the season, was tremendous. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, it shocked everybody, man. I mean, I don't usually, and I don't mean to sound like a jerk when I say this, but I don't really. I'm not as uh, I don't know if connected is the right word to players now as I was when I was younger. Obviously, I don't have. Uh, a, f- a favorite player or anything like that. But when you hear news like that about somebody on your favorite team, it was kind of hard not to get a little bit like choked up, like, Oh crap. Yeah. Like he's a good kid too. So not that, not that it'd make a difference if he wasn't, but it just was like, Oh man, Oscar's got that. That's crazy. Right. You know? So yeah, really, it was. thank God he's doing well. Yeah. Um. So what I wanted to ask you about also is during one of your episodes, uh, it sounded like you were a radio host at one point. Yeah, for a number of years. Can you talk about that a little bit? How did you get into sure. radio? Um, I got into radio back in 2004. And uh, I wanted to start doing it. Um, <laughs> it sounds like it's so rote. But after uh, after September 11th, I found radio to be the most comfort- comforting of medium. Because um, I could hear people 24-7 talking about what was happening? I was living in Boston at the time, and there was fighter jets flying over, you know, over the city constantly. Um, you know, Copley Square was was constantly in, uh, under a, a threat of an attack. And then I would hear radio hosts uh, make jokes, but also deliver the news. And I remember the morning of September 11th, and and I think that he plays it every year still. And if not, the, the full thing is up on YouTube. Howard Stern was phenomenal mm-hmm. on the morning of September 11th. Like he was. He was funny, uh, but serious, and I think really did a great job more than TV could, you know, because they, they they would just replay the horrific images, but being able to humanize it more than anything. And I thought, like, I, I would love to be able to do that. And then um, left Boston and ended up uh, living around New York City. And there was this station called WNEW, uh, which was a talk station that had uh, uh, just radio shows I would listen to day and night. Opie and Anthony, Ron and Fez. So um, I ended up working for this uh, horrific experiment that CBS radio tried called free FM, where they decided David Lee Roth could replace Howard Stern as Howard went off to Sirius XM. So I had a couple of fun years doing the type of radio they were able to do. And and since then uh, I've been in the broadcasting business, but I have to admit it's been far less fun. Mm. You kind of have to choose a side and um stick with that side most of radio talk radio is either sports or um right wing uh am radio and uh uh you know i i i don't it gets very very interesting for me to just deliver any sort of talking points based on whatever party um i have friends that can do that stuff i just had a friend who told me he's gonna uh speak at the a conservative political action committee party next year or uh, and he's been on fox news 200 times so you can you can do it it's it's it but it's you know it's not particularly interesting to me so I, yeah. i've taken a step back and um i'm not saying i won't ever do it again but uh i'm just taking a little break and like i said world need, the world needs a little wholesomeness right now and what better than that than some old hockey stories couldn't agree more. So, I mean, it kind of answered my next question. Where did your inf- uh, inspiration come to start? You know, my dad used to play hockey. Um, yeah, it was it was a guy that I used to work with, actually, because I was doing a show. Uh, so, you know, like everybody else, last March, last April, I was just going bananas. I was stuck yeah. in my house. Sure. Um, nowhere to go. 
So I started doing a, just a, um, kind of a, a bit of a talk show with my my friend Terry Holloman, just chewing up the news of the day and whatever. And um, someone that I'd worked with before is like, yeah, this is good, but you, you, there's no niche here. There's no audience to go after. Um, but, you know, I've heard you talk to ex-hockey players before and, you know, that that would be something interesting. And then um, over Christmas last year, my dad came on uh, with Bob Kelly and uh, yeah, that's kind of where it got, where, where it got started. And uh, you know, I've, I've always loved interviewing um, more alumni players than current players. And um, you know, it, it's been great for me, but it's also been, it's given, you know, I, I probably booked about half the players and my dad reaches out to the other half and uh, one of the things I love about it is that it's um, he's having conversations with people that he may or may not have talked to for a long time, you know, mm -hmm. to try to get him on the show and stuff. And it is one of those things, you know, like I described with the alumni kids, dude, you, you could not talk to, uh, you know, your ex right winger for 15 years. But the minute you, you're both on the phone, it feels like, you know, it's That's just awesome. yesterday again. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really, really cool. So what is it about? talking to the alumni players over today's players that you enjoy more? Cause I think that when you're, when you're an alumni, you have perspective, uh, a different perspective than if you're currently in the game, all you're thinking about is the next season. You can't, it's, it's tough for you to reflect back, right? You sort of wait until the end. And then, you know, uh, beyond that, you get a little bit more freedom. Not that, again, I don't want anyone to come on and unless they have something controversial to say, but to be able to be honest. And when you're when you're a current player, you have to be so damn careful about what you're saying yep. and who you're saying it to. Especially and, today. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, um, I get that. But also, they're so – and I – yeah, who did I talk to on Wednesday? Um, Leclerc, John Leclerc, uh, who's just, you know, cause he was notoriously shy and he said, I wasn't really shy. I just got bored with the same two questions. Mm. How does it feel winning? How does it feel after a two game loss? How does it feel? How does it feel? So they also get so programmed to hear those sort of questions that, um, you know, they immediately go into the talking points that whatever PR firm that's working with them now delivers. So, I like, um, I just think, you know, I, I believe that there's truth that wisdom comes with age and, uh, um, and also beyond that, that's, that's my era growing up. Like, yeah. you know, how psyched I would be to have Owen Nolan on my show or Hell John yeah. Van Beesbrook. Like that, that to me, that just, that this creams anybody who's, who's currently in the, uh, in the NHL. These were the guys that, uh, Whose rookie cards I collected, like Issa Tikkanen, I'd flip my shit. <laughs> like, so, yeah. I'm so sure you could get them, man. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, uh, yeah, I, I hope to have them uh, all on. Jimmy Carson, uh, Bernie Nichols, just send me a friend request. Like, Bernie Nichols, you scored 170 points one year. That was, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, um, when it, there's, there's certain it's it's weird. Um, there's images that I associate with my hockey fandom, and they're all they're all the hockey cards. And uh, if you collected cards during during that era, there's certain years that I, I'm sure I'm certain would uh, would would stand out to you. And when I think about those years, like Luke Robitaille, um, Rob Blake, uh, of course Hextall, Pat Verbeek, mm -hmm. like the you know these are these are the players that I just that to me are like, they, they were the ones that, uh, that got me thrilled watching the game. So uh, maybe, you know, 15 years from now, talking to somebody like, uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon would be, will be fun. And I, I hope to be still doing it at that, at that point. But um, as of right now, I, I've sort of, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with the alumni. That's one of the reasons why I think I enjoy your so, uh, show so much as well is because, you know, I got to listen to, my favorite player growing up in Eric Lindros today. And I got to listen to, you know, every, you know, everyone who's, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years older than me. I got to listen to their favorite player as well in, in Bobby mm -hmm. Clark. And I never got to watch Bobby Clark play. Uh, I've said it all the time on Twitter. I'm jealous of some of these older guys because they got to watch 
the Broad Street Bullies. And, you know, as as younger fans, we hear about them all the time, you know, and our good old days are, are when Eric Lindros used to play, but they never mm -hmm. won a cup. The Broad Street Bullies won two cups and supposedly it was the best time ever to be alive, to be a Flyers fan. And, you know, I feel like I missed out on that. So being able to, to hear some of the, the players that you get on, Bobby Clark, the Leeches, it's awesome. Dave Schultz. Uh, I feel like I'm getting to hear what I missed out on, you know? Yeah. So I really appreciate it. It's fun. Well, I missed out on it. I, mean, I wasn't <laughs> live either. I'm, a, sure. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm living vicariously in a, in a weird way. Cause I, I haven't experienced a cup. Um, and it, it'll be very interesting the next time the, the flyers do win a cup, Hopefully how that so, dynamics of all that change. Yeah. Um, Cause well, it, it's, it's a, uh, it's been a long time. Too long, too, way long. too long. Your mustache uh, is fantastic by the way. Thanks. I actually just I did know. this today. I had a, I had one a couple weeks ago, grew the beard back and yeah. you know, put it back it. together. And I'm like, Oh shit, I have a podcast tonight and I have this mustache. <laughs> 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 um, so we have about 10 minutes left in the show. I have a couple more things for you here. Uh, so just going by some of your shows, you still pay attention to the team. Uh, can I ask you, what are your thoughts on how this season played out as, as fans here, we had high hopes obviously from last year and things just didn't go according to plan. What do you attribute that to? What did you see? I think that Claude Giroux is a great flyer. I think that, I think he'll go down as one of the greatest flyers of all time. He already has, mm -hmm. you know, who did he beat this season as a barber? For yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if we in terms yeah, of points him in something. Yeah, points. I points. Think it was. Yeah, fantastic. I don't think that being a great flyer and being being a great captain are necessarily the same thing. Um, it I was seems ask that you about this. She, she, and this this is this is not you know this is not taking anything away from Claude. I think the, I, it's been a joy watching him, but at some point you have to pass the baton and Sean Couturier is just such a natural leader to me. I agree. And um, I think that I echo a lot of Flyers fan sentiments when um, maybe the captains, the, the C should have been placed on his Jersey this year, but you had a lot of players playing terrible and, you know, it, it's, it's unfair to put all that onus on Giroux. The, the captain at, at most gets you what another, a great captain. It's, it's five wins this way or five wins this way. And uh, they did not play well. Carter Hart struggled. Uh, it was if you know, uh, you know, to plug again. To, I, I talked to I talked to Boosh about um, uh, on the show about Carter Hart's uh, mindset going into this year. And and when you start struggling, how more than anything as a goalie, it can last quite a while because mm -hmm. goalie is such a it's 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 such a um, intellectual position where you know. If you if you're if you're a left winger and you're you haven't scored for a while, you can just work harder. You can just hustle more. And you, there, there's other ways that you you can hit, you can penalty kill, whatever it is. There's other ways you can make up for a scoring drought or whatever it is you're going through. With the goalie, there's only one thing: it's just saves, not saves. And uh, Carter Hart had a had a tough year. Um, listen, the Flyers sucked this year. <laughs> just there's, there's, there's no other way. To there's say no it. other. They just sucked, and it was it was enraging. Yeah, it was tough. March was March should have and did make every member of the Flyers who ever put on a uniform angry because one thing that did not really happen was no one, I would say, fully took or fully experienced the brunt of accountability. Uh, Vigneault did not. None of the players really did. It was just kind of sort of spread out a little bit. And... Um, Man, there, there, there should have been some something, something drastic, just to show us that we mean business. That yeah. we, as an organization, would never disappoint Mr. Snyder in this way. Because what it came down to was a, an insanely bad lack of effort. Uh, it's one, it's one thing if you're a bad team. You know, you, you listen to Lindros today. The first couple of teams that he played for on the Flyers because they traded away. You know, like I mentioned, like half the NHL to get him. Eh. They sucked, but they worked hard. And the, the, that Flyers team in in March just gave up a lot. And um, yeah, some someone's head should have rolled for that. And uh, I don't know. In this off season, 
it makes me a little nervous that they're they're still thinking that they're they they're confident a little too confident in the core of this team and um i don't think i don't think they should be they certainly have a lot of talent there um i wouldn't give up on ghost i don't think uh, i think that he's still got something left in him uh carter hart i still think is gonna, is gonna win a vesna if not two or three at oh, some yeah. point in the future but um yeah Let's just say if there was a there's this there was this club that I was in in high school that dealt with like slides and, and videos and everything like that. And it was a certain kind of club. And uh, I would fire the initials of that club. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, it's interesting that you say that, especially after some of the losses to the rival New York Rangers. And, you know, I, I don't know how many fans are the are the same as me here and the New York Rangers are still public enemy number one to me, right? Um, you know, Crosby wasn't always around. And when I was a younger guy, it was always, man, I hate New York. I hate the Rangers. I hate Messier. I hate Gretzky. You know, even though those were two of the all-time greats, I hated them because they played for New York. When Sidney Crosby came around, sure, it's it's easier to hate the Penguins, but I still want to beat the Rangers every single time we play them. And to lose – I think it was nine nothing and eight to three, and yeah. not even the water boy was let go. To me, it kind of signaled, hey, this season's a mulligan season. It's a weird year. We're getting ready for next year, and that kind of bummed me out. It's it should have because uh, you know you can use COVID as an excuse, and right. COVID, COVID was a reason. But and every every team was going through the same stuff. Yeah, and that's you know everyone everyone was dealing with the weird bubble issues and. Yeah, um, we were kind of saying that. Yeah, and for them to get. You know, for you, it's the Rangers. For me, and I live in Jersey, or you know, grew up in Jersey. Um, most people in New Jersey hate the Devils, hate them. Oh yeah. And to get beat by the Devils, um, I think it was the Devils that actually knocked us out of playoff contention. Probably, man. Correct. They were losing some bad I mean, teams that, toward the end. That was just like, come on, <laughs> yeah. yeah, come on. Yeah, that's right. The Brodeur days and the Scott Stevens. I'll never forget the. I, I don't. I think you um you had mentioned it for a, a brief moment when you had Lindros on, but. I will never forget where I was when Lindros came back for the playoffs and was knocked right back out yeah. of the playoffs by Scott Stevens. I'll never forget where I was. I never experienced that pain watching a Flyers game. Not even when they lost the cup to the Red Wings. I was too young to really you know, care like that. When they lost to the Blackhawks, I was like, oh, man, that sucks. But they weren't really supposed to be there. When Lindros got knocked out, even at a, a younger age, you just knew that it was it. You might never see him in a Flyers uniform again. Yeah, because that was, that was more than just a loss. You yeah. knew right then that was the end of an era. Yeah, you uh, did. Such a promising era. Man, uh, I mean, that was that was the amazing thing about talking to Eric. He was so much more forthcoming. He was. Than I expected him to be. Like, hey, are you bummed out about his career, the way it happened? You know, he's so safe. Yeah, like that's um, man, you could hear it. You could, you could hear it in his voice. It, he was. It could have been he, so he was much as, more. He was as good as anybody, yep. and he was the best player in the league for half a decade. Mm -hmm. And you know, you don't, you don't think that he still yeah, tries to same, think or to relive that one fraction of a second where he had his head down crossing mid ice when the most brutal hitter in the league was flying towards him, man. It yeah. changed him forever. He's, I couldn't believe that. Not that it was a huge thing, because if you're human, you, you can understand where he's coming from. But it yeah. it changed the way he played the game from that point on. And it's like, oh, my God. It, and I don't want to say it ruined him, because I, I feel like that's not a nice word to use. But it changed him. He wasn't the it, same. You know? Yeah. So have some sympathy, everybody, for Nolan Patrick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And And you know what? After listening to your episode – it made me think about Nolan Patrick a little bit and, and what he could be going through because it's especially after a year, a year that he had, you know, you see minus 30 and it's, it's really easy to, you know, pounce on the kid like that. He hasn't looked like the most enthused player and, and whatnot. And it's like, you know, I wonder if there's stuff going on behind yes. the scenes and, you know, we don't, as fans, we don't know, you know, we can only judge by what we see and it might not always be fair, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you had mentioned Elaine Vigneault, and I have Elaine Vigneault written down here, and now I can't remember why. Oh, did I did I mention him? I thought it was like clever about not mentioning him. 
<laughs> but I really went, it was really a roundabout way to say AV. And uh, I apologize for that. No, I don't think, I, listen, I don't think Vigneault is the difference maker. Um, but I, but to me, I don't, I don't really see a reason to keep him around either. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah. Um, there's especially, um, there's some interesting names that are coming about. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I don't know. There's another guy that I can't remember off. Oh, Tortorella. There's one more. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. Yeah, Tor- Tortorella. I think it would be very interesting. He'd be fun in Philly, wouldn't he? Tortorella would be fun in Philly. Very polarizing, especially here. I feel like there'd be half that would love him. I'd be on that half. Yeah. And then I don't know how familiar you are with the analytic part of Flyers Twitter yet, but they would absolutely hate his guts. Of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it, it's arguable whether or not he did a good job with Columbus, but. Um, I don't know. I, I I like I like big personality coaches uh, well. in Philadelphia. I, I liked Mike Keenan. I thought he was a blast. Yeah. Um, so bring him back. Yeah. I, I or bring Tortorella here. I think uh, it's it's worth a try. For sure. That's interesting. Okay, so we're coming up on uh, a little bit over an hour here. Last two questions: Are you keeping track of what's happening in the playoffs right now? Of course. Favorite series so far? Uh, I got to say, Jets Oilers. Okay, uh, which is which is you know as we record, it started uh, three minutes ago. Oh, it started. So uh, yeah, um, Oilers down one nothing there, right? Oilers down one nothing. I'm a I'm a big Winnipeg Jets fan because yeah. I'm a big Winnipeg fan. I just I love all things Winnipeg. Um, you, I'm a big fan of uh, the weaker that no, I think <laughs> that and 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 this is a, this is a, the reason that I love this series. It's a, it's a, a win win series for me because. I love the idea of the Winnipeg Jets getting through to the second round of the playoffs, but man, I, I can't get enough of Connor McDavid. He is a machine. He's he's 15% better than anybody on the ice right now. He's amazing to watch. He's great. So um, either team, and I just um, I love I love seeing Tim Hortons ads going to break, uh, which is you know which is the Wawa of Canada, yeah. um, and. I, I love Canada versus Canada series. So I'm really into that. Beyond that, Bruins Capitals, uh, Chara against his old team is, is Yeah, that's great. a fun one. Yep. Who would you like to see lift the cup this year? Last question. <sighs> Golden Knights. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I love – I. Um, Don't you so feel like I'm, your fans I'm, I'm bit, haven't I'm, suffered enough to win a cup? <laughs> no, they haven't. It's true. <laughs> but I, I don't want it to be the Maple Leafs because then the Flyers become the longest team without a win. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was a big fan of Murray Craven, who helped build the uh, the Golden Knights okay. um, franchise. And I, I like the idea of hockey becoming massive. So another, another team for me, you know, it, I know they were there a couple of years ago, Nashville. Like if, if, I love the idea of hockey becoming this premier event in s- somewhere that it's never been before. Okay. Like think about all the entertainment options in Las Vegas. Yeah. Penn and Teller, um, you know, <laughs> Britney Spears. You, you, you think that'd be able to name more. Yeah. <laughs> I said Penn and Teller and thought of nothing else, but there's, there's several, uh, <laughs> obviously, but like for the golden Knights to, um, to then become uh, something special to Las Vegas, and you know, of course, after they, the the shooting there, where they, the 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 team gave the community there something to rally around. I don't. I've been a big fan of the Golden Knights since they got in because they're 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 a franchise that truly gets like, yeah, a, a good on ice product is something, but man, we're going to deliver the full entertainment package. Uh, That's true. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, they're um, they're very the fun to watch. I don't want the Bruins to win. No. No, Never. No. No. And I, I, I hate the lightning. I mean, the lightning's just whatever. Because they cheated, or you just don't like the lightning. Just, what's the point of that franchise? When they win, no one cares. When they lose, no one cares. It's just I say the same thing. How are how are both the Florida teams powerhouses, and they just don't watch hockey down there? Nobody cares down there. Yeah. I mean, nobody even. Yeah. It's, everything's college football in the Bucks. Like yep. no one, no one. It's they. They never should have been. Two franchises down there. Um, Steven Samkos, man. I mean, you ask one out of 10,000 Americans if they know who he is because no. <laughs> his talents were just wasted down there. And the yep. Lightning, just a lazy team name. Um, I agree. The logo stinks. So yeah. But, man, 
the first three games to go into uh, to the playoffs. It's, yeah. It's, three overtimes. It's, uh, it's, it's the greatest. It's the greatest. You got you a know, team I, like the Wild coming out of nowhere playing the night. They were, it was the worst possible matchup for Vegas and turned out to be a hell of a series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. So that's uh, that's going to bring us to the end of our episode, unfortunately. Yeah, an hour and five minutes. I could talk to you all night, man. I, I appreciate having me on, seriously. And uh, yes. thanks for thanks for listening. And um, it's been a thrill really talking to a lot of these players and, and reconnecting with the Flyers fan base. It's been awesome. Yeah, I mean, as, oh, and well, I, I hope everybody's watching the Mayor of Easttown because it's a great show. Mayor of Easttown? Yeah. I haven't heard of it, but uh, I'm sure my maybe my girlfriend has. I don't know. What okay. channel is it on? It's on HBO Max, man. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kate Winslet. It's set in Delco. It's oh, it's maybe I I think she has said something. All right, I'll watch it tonight. Give me something to do on a Friday night. That's right. Um, yeah, man. What, what kind of plugs you want to get out there? I mean, we talked about your show for a decent part of uh, the show, but that's it. Where can people find it? Um, anywhere you can find podcasts, except for Pandora. It's some for some reason impossible to get on Pandora. Been yeah. trying forever. But yeah, just, just search. My dad used to play hockey anywhere. Um, Twitter at Dad Played Hockey. Facebook. Um, my email address is dadplayedhockey at gmail.com. And you know, reach awesome. me. However, uh, I <laughs> honestly and I, I if you do if you have a request for a player and because um, I'm, I'm, I had uh, eight requests so far, like wow. real requests, and I've I've come through with five. So if there's any, and I'm working on Doug Gilmore. So if there's any player you really would love to hear from and and would love to know something about, uh, I love I love working on that stuff. So I'll, I'll get. I, I honestly I love hearing that kind of stuff from from. from That's this. awesome. And That's if you have any old parts. pictures of my dad, there you go. Yeah. I found Love that to be you. one of the most, the more fun parts is, you know, reaching out and, and trying to get guys on. Worst thing they can do is say no, you know? Exactly. And yeah, it, yeah and, you know. Who asked you to uh, get Doug Gilmore? Can I ask you that? Yeah. Uh, is he on Twitter? No, I think that there are. Uh, there's, there's, there's a guy there's uh, I talk to a lot on Twitter, huge Doug Gilmore fan. So I'll make sure to let him know. I, I was a huge Doug Gilmore fan. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a boss. I mean, he was what, like 5'9"? You just push everybody around. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah, it was someone on Facebook. All right. I wanted to see if I knew. Well, do you have any requests? No, man. Just keep doing your thing. I'll listen to to everyone, no matter who it is. Thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, this has been really nice and a real pleasure. Yeah, same here. Pleasure's all mine. Uh, Hopefully, we can do this again. Yeah, anytime, dude. Yeah, we'll wrap this one up, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk soon. See you, buddy.